Well, thank you from a news, newscast, I should say, and uh, thanks for uh, the hobos again for a great dinner. Dessert is still waiting for us. I hope you've enjoyed the Dining with Jesus series because it is something we don't really think that much about. Even though Jesus spent a lot of his time in, in Scripture, we see Jesus spend a lot of time with folks around the table, and it's just a, it's a different feel, isn't it? And it's just more intimate, there's more fellowship, there's more excitement, there's more distractions, of course, but <laughs> it's a part of the fun. We will have dessert in just a few minutes, but I want us to reflect on this story, and boy, could there ever be a better story for our time, I think, than Mary and Martha, and to think about these two. So let me read it to you from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Now as they went on the way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Mary has chosen a good portion which will not be taken away from her. Oh, may the Lord bless his word to our hearts and minds this morning, or this evening, rather. Sorry. <clears throat> so, the setting, by the way, for lentil soup, just a little Bible trivia, where else is lentil soup in the Bible? Jacob, Jacob and Esau, way back when. Lentil, isn't that right? So... And I think this was good enough to give away your birthright for, wasn't it? So anyway, anyway, so to think back, a little sibling situation there. But we're here with Mary and with Martha. Who else, by the way, was at the house? Was that dinner? Jesus. Oh, Jesus, yes, that's correct. <laughs> Who was the brother for Mary and Martha? Lazarus. Right, so he's not in the picture right here, but he was there uh, in the story and obviously would take uh, an important role later on in the situation. But to just set the, the setting, if you will, like that, um, Jesus is going to the home of Mary and Martha. And for all of us, we like to have a home that is uh, uh, clean, ready to go, and a dinner table that is completely full. And in that culture, it meant even more to them than it does to us, if you can imagine that. And so there's all the preparation, and there's all kinds of ritual cleaning, as well as the cooking and the cleaning that went in that culture. And we're told that Martha is scurrying around busy with all kinds of things, and we can only imagine. And of course, Mary, her sister, should have been, maybe, in our mind, right, doing maybe half the, the work. And we don't know what the schedule was, but certainly according to Martha, it was like they were behind schedule, right? And I think in our own lives, a lot of times we can feel like Martha, can't we? And we have some Marys, but I think I'm easier to be more of a Martha person, more of a, a busyness person. And I think for a lot of us, you know, we do time, everybody have like time management schedules of some sort. We got a calendar. Got on your cell phone, got a couple of devices, and no matter how many you get, it just seems like it never gets organized enough, baby. And I'm certain that Martha had several planners, whatever they were. Maybe not a cell phone, but a planner. And she had it all scheduled out, and things weren't going as planned. And in the middle of her frustration, she comes to Jesus, of course. And there's, right? There's Mary right there at the feet of Jesus. 
She's just, I like that yoga, right? She's maybe the mindfulness, contemplative person in front of Jesus, at his feet, just listening to Jesus, and in kind of a prayerful moment, in a listening moment, and there's Martha in complete contrast. She's busy, and Martha just boils over in frustration and says, Lord, Lord, help me. And, and Jesus says, Martha, Martha. Now, something about that, uh, in that culture as well as our culture, when you use a person's name twice, it's usually a very, it's not just getting their attention, but it's also a very loving way to say something to someone. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. Yeah, try that to your spouse. <laughs> yeah, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. And I wonder this evening, to think for a moment, maybe what are you anxious and troubled about? What are you hurried and worried about this evening? And so that's the first thing. I invite you to open your menu there and think for a moment. Oh, I need some help with the... Thank you, Leah. Thank you. To pass those out. And to pause for a moment and to write down maybe some of the things. Listen, this isn't bad. It's just real, okay? What are you hurt and stressed about? What are you anxious and troubled about? In your own life, maybe in the world too. What's what's weighing on you? What is occupying you? And I'll tell you one way, a test for that is to try to blank your mind and pray. And the little things that pop up, those are probably those things, right? So try to spend a few moments in quiet Bible study or prayer. What are the things? What's your list there? So think about that for a moment. And think about Jesus' words. Because I think, I mean, that's something I can listen to probably once a day. Uh, maybe a number of times a day. And it's interesting because I heard someone who was a time planner. Because I do listen to these time management things, right? So, okay. So not so I get more free time, but so I can get more things done. But uh, just to show you which Mary or Martha I am. But uh, one thing that someone said I thought was profound, and they said, you know, everybody has their to-do list, right? They said, at the beginning of the year, not the beginning of every month, you should have a stop-doing list. What's your stop-doing list, right? Because a lot of us, you know, our, our plates are overflowing, they're too full. So what can you stop doing? What can you give to somebody else? What can you say, you know, this is going to be taken care of regardless? So think for a moment, maybe, what's on your stop-doing list, right? And maybe that will give you some space, a place for prayer and reflection and Bible reading and just stillness before the Lord. And honestly, in our stillness, our, our relationships are better, too. When we get hurried and worried and we get anxious and stressed, it wears not only on our relationship with Jesus, but also on our relationship with one another. You can imagine there is, you know, a little tension between Mary and Martha, right? So when we slow down and we're more mindful, as the current term is so much, uh, right here in this moment, we see that, you know, a beautiful picture of, of what it's like to live like Mary, right? Where most of us lean into, into the Martha moment. And I think when we do that, we kind of look at Mary versus Martha, and they're both, listen, it's important to realize that uh, Martha was busy doing good things, okay? She wasn't doing bad things. She was doing great things. She was serving Jesus, right? And we all sort of love people who serve, and we need people to serve, and you know, we, we like serving, but also we need to balance our life. 
And so she's busy doing good things, and most of us are as well. And Jesus wants her to just slow down for a moment. And he looks at her, and Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And I would just say, this is a little exploration, maybe at some time, not right now, is that there's only five places in the Bible where it says one thing. And this is one of them. One thing. And so, in the New Testament, this is a real focal point. One thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the better. Not, you know, Martha's doing something bad. Mary's chosen the better, what's needed first. And so, what is that? And I think when we do that, when we sit at the feet of Jesus, and we spend time in our quiet moment, in our quiet place, that we are renewed in our relationship with the Lord. I think we're renewed in our relationship with ourselves, because we get too busy, and we're kind of like top-spinning and bumping against the walls, and we lose connection with ourselves, with our, with our values, <clears throat> with our priorities, with our direction that we need to be in life. And that can create kind of, okay, we need to hurry to get in that way. But if we're sort of still in the moment, we can get a certain direction about where we need to go. And so there's this renewal that we need. And then the second thing I think is that we gain strength. And I love what Augustine said once. He said, our hearts are restless until they find their stress, their rest in you. And you think about Martha being anxious and stressed, and Mary's kind of stillness before the Lord. And even in that stillness, you can kind of feel, even though we don't get a picture, I mean, we do get a picture of Mary, but we don't have words for Mary, and you feel her quiet strength. Have you known someone that was, kind of had quiet strength in their stillness? I think that's, that's Mary. She has that quiet kind of strength. And we think sometimes about the fatigue that we go through. And there's a scripture that I want to share with you that I read at least once a week, if not more. And that is from Psalm 37. And this is one of my favorite scripture verses. I just want to share with you. You probably know it. But beginning with verse 3 and following, it says this. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, as he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. God will bring forth your righteousness as the light, your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. And I always read that three or four times at the end. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. There's a lot of good things to do, but can you be still before the Lord and wait patiently for God to help you, to give you the strength to do that, for God to give you the direction? And it's so powerful. And I think David, you think of David, who is likely the one who wrote that, uh, certainly the person who compiled it, he had a lot of things going on in his life. And when he lost the stillness, we lost his direction, and he went awry, took the wrong direction, and so and then, but he came back to the Lord. So we need to learn to wait before the Lord. And then the idea, too, of, of direction. And, and for direction, I not only think, of course, of Mary, who knew what was the first priority in her life, but I think also Elijah. Do you remember the story of Elijah? And it's in Second uh, Kings chapter 19. And Elijah had one of those moments where he had this victory that he had against the queen, Queen Jezebel. It's a powerful queen, uh, queen and uh, she wanted him dead. But he had this battle, kind of this duel with the prophets of the land, and he won. He won hands down. But then she said she was going to kill him, and he had this meltdown. And I think, you know, for a lot of us, you know, sometimes our 
greatest fall comes after our greatest victory. You can look at a lot of places around the news. We won't name names or anything. But, and the reason for that is, is we become so stressed and we're not renewed in the stillness of the moment and we're not relying on our sort of inner compass and we just have a, have a meltdown. And so that's what happened to Elijah. And he goes, he flees out into the wilderness and he asks the Lord to just, you know, annihilate him. And he says, life's not worth living. And, and then finally, after he collapses, this angel comes to Elijah and it says that the angel made Elijah bread and uh, I don't know what else, but probably, I think it was cinnamon rolls and coffee for me. It'd be cinnamon rolls and coffee. And, and the angel knows what all of a sudden, you know, if you have a, a meltdown, you, you do need to strengthen both your physical body and your spiritual and emotional life as well. And so the angel says, here's, here's something to eat. Relax. And then Elijah goes back to sleep. We don't know how long. But then the angel gets Elijah up again. This is something you can get it and says, okay, now go, right? You shrink yourself, go to the mountain. And so Elijah goes to the mountain of the Lord. We believe that was Mount Sinai. And then he just kind of is stay there. Maybe he's waiting. He knows this is where Moses uh, saw God. And in that moment he's praying, he's in a cave, right? He's like withdrawn to himself because he's had this meltdown. He's had this failure in his own mind. And you remember what happened? He's praying for the Lord to witness to him. And there was this mighty wind, right? And roaring wind, and then it says, but the Lord wasn't in the wind, right? And then it says there was this huge fire. We don't know what kind of fire that was, fire in the clouds or whatever, but it says then the Lord wasn't in the fire. And then it says there was this earthquake, right? So and then it says the earth wasn't in, the, the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. Of course, that's where we get earth, wind, and fire. But anyway, just for a little trick. Mm. Where's, where's Ken? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Literally, I think, actually. But anyway, it says that the Lord wasn't in the wind, and God wasn't in the fire, and God wasn't in the earthquake. But then there's this still small voice, and that still small voice invites him to go out, and he begins to hear God. And God gives him kind of a little mission to, after God has spoken to him, whispered to him his mission in life, and his purpose, and the promise that God will be with him. And I think, you know, when you look at Mary, she's... She's the woman that's hearing. She's the person that's hearing this still small voice of God. And uh, I think Martha is in the, you know, in the wind and the fire and the earthquake. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for all of us, I think our lives would be better if we listened to that still small voice. We'd be strengthened. We'd be renewed. And we would have direction in our life. So today, also on your little list here, is how can you make a renewed commitment for quiet time to sit at the feet of Jesus? On a little menu there. There's no right answer for that. And I think the final point that I get from this, maybe, is I love that phrase, let go and let God, right? And I think that Mary was a let go and let God kind of person, right? And she just, she knew, okay, she's, it wasn't like she was copping out the dinner. I think she said, we'll just do the dinner later. Jesus, this is a God moment here. Listen to the feet of the Lord, and then we'll, we'll get there, and we'll fellowship afterwards. And so she was able to know from sitting at the feet of Jesus the, the renewal that she was feeling, the direction, the strength that she was feeling. And I think for all of us, we need to whisper to ourselves, and maybe to our loved ones, to let go and let God. And so where do you need to let go and let God in your life? Where is there too much of the wind and the fire and the earthquakes that shake the world all around us? And those are real things. But if we're centered on the Lord, sitting at his feet, then our life will be different, and our life will be blessed. I'm going to close with this poem, which I love. 
It says this, I got up early one morning and rushed into the day. I had so much to accomplish, I didn't have time to pray. Problems were tumbling about me, and harder became each task. I wanted God's help with my duties. He told me he did not ask. I wanted to find joy and beauty, but the day told on gray and bleak. Why wasn't God helping me, I wondered. He answered, but you did not seek. I tried to come into God's presence. I tried all the keys of the lock. He gently but lovingly chided, my child, you did not knock. So I got up early this morning and paused before entering the day. I had so much to accomplish, I had to take time to pray. I invite us all and challenge us in this season of life, in all of life, to take more time to sit at the feet of Jesus. And when we do, there's lots of good things happening. Martha was doing lots of good things, and she was serving and doing good things. But the most important thing the Lord directed was the one thing that Mary was doing, which is sitting at the feet of the Lord in quiet repose, letting Jesus guide and strengthen and direct her. Would you join me in prayer? But we're all so busy in life, doing so many good things. But Lord, sometimes we just need to do one thing. And that one thing is to sit at your feet and to just feel your presence, and to be renewed in our hearts and minds, to find a, a new strength that we can only find in you, a new renewal, a new direction that when we do begin to move again after we get up from your feet, that we will have that sense of direction and sense of purpose that only you can give. So help us to let go and let God, just as you'd have us to. We pray in Christ's name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.